On this episode of Locked on Lightning, we're talking about the Lightning's power play struggles thus far. What can they do to change that? And then we look towards tomorrow's matchup in Columbus against the Blue Jackets. All that and more, but first, let's play that music. You're Locked on Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I just want to make all want to thank all of you for making us your first listen of the day. If you're watching us on YouTube, make thank you for making us your first watch on the day. This episode of Locked On Lightning, we are talking about the very early, but you know, in my opinion, the 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 very much expected, the very much expected uh, power play. Uh, issues that the lightning have already had this this season and and quite frankly they've kind of been living with this issue on the power play being ineffective uh for probably the last at least since last season you know one could say that tampa did an okay job the previous seasons before uh on the power play and obviously in the playoffs you know different story i'm not talking about the playoffs because yeah, I, I am going to mention this past playoffs, uh, talking about it, you know, really what that meant. But we're going to talk about that, and we're going to look at what can maybe be changed. Uh, we'll tie that in as well. And then we're going to talk about tomorrow's matchup against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, what to expect? What are we doing in Columbus? You know, the, the, the NHL schedule is just very strange to me this year. Uh, so I'll tie that in there. So looking at... Real, real quick at the past game, first game of the season, obviously the Lightning lost 3-1 to the New York Rangers in which the Lightning were statistically dominated in every category except blocks and giveaways, which I don't really look in giveaways because I I just feel like when you look at the stats, it, it doesn't really tell the whole story with the giveaways. Uh, the blocks, the Lightning always do a good job. In that regard, uh, for the most part, you know, sometimes they don't, but, you know, that is part of the reason why they are able to stay in games alongside with also uh, having one of the best goaltenders in the world in Andre Vasilevsky. Let me turn off my AC because I don't know why that's on. So anyway, uh, looking at the game uh, from Tuesday, opening night, one for six on the power play. One for six. Now, just take a moment to think about that. And this was also a game in which the Lightning gave up a shorthanded goal. And this game, I mean, listen, like the Lightning have been playing with fire over the past year. And, and, you know, I spoke about it, I think, in length over last year, last season, where really what it comes down to is that the Lightning... They do a lot of good things. And, and I also spoke about this and alluded to it in the offseason as well a couple of weeks ago. They do a lot of things well. Uh, maybe not as good as most teams in the NHL. But, you know, they the thing that really puts them ahead of a lot of these teams in the NHL that has put them in a position to be able to win two straight Stanley Cups, go to three straight Stanley Cup finals 
is their experience and their their ability to stay cool in hot situations. And yeah, that's all fine and great. But at the end of the day, the rest of the league is catching up. You know, they're catching on. You know, it's it, it's only going to get more difficult each year. The Lightning are successful because teams are adjusting. Uh, they're they're constantly learning on how ways to beat the Lightning. Uh, you know, we could go back in time and say 2019, 2020, uh, 2018, 2019, the Lightning set the league on fire. President Trophy winners, Nikita Kucherov lighting the world on fire, winning the MVP, being the fastest team on ice. And then fast forward to the last couple of years, teams are starting to skate with that same pace. If you look at Tuesday night, the Rangers had the same pace, if not better throughout most of the game and the lightning in recent years have not been able to draw a lot of penalties. Uh, they, they draw, you know, some nights we'll get two, some nights we'll, we'll see three, them three opportunities on the power play, which it's crazy to me when we see this team go on six power plays and, and, and it's, it should be almost, I would say the panic meter in that regard. Obviously, it's game one of 82, so I'm not going to get crazy, obviously. But one should look at one out of six because this is not the first time the Lightning have done this. I, off the top of my head, they have did this quite a few number of times last season. But my concern, you know, if, if they're putting on good shots on net throughout these power plays, that's a whole different story. But there was a, I would probably say four out of the six power plays. The Lightning were pretty much non-competitive throughout those special teams. And John Cooper should be very concerned about that because teams are not going to be as worried about going on the man disadvantage against Tampa if this continues. This was There was a lot of times throughout last offseason as well as, you know, closest – Closest example was the Stanley Cup final against the Avalanche. There were games where the Lightning had had many opportunities on the power play throughout the course of a game. You know, whether it be three, four, five. You know, I maybe I'm a little bit more critical of Tampa, but I think you know if they're going on the power play five times in a game, I expect you fully to score at least two of those chances. You know, I'm not expecting the Lightning you know, to be successful in every chance on every, on every power play opportunity. But at the same time, you have the players around, you have the lines, you have the personnel. What is the issue? And the issue to me, at least, is the fact that Tampa is not circulating the puck. This is nothing new. It seems as almost at, at times is that they have their power play circulate around one player. Um, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And most of the time it doesn't. Uh, and that's most of the time is Nikita Kucherov. He's running the point on that, which is fine. He does, for the most part, a very good job. But there are times where him holding the puck for long periods of time, it wastes the opportunity on the man advantage. It, it, it allows the defense to settle in, to, to skate ever closer to him, not giving him as much space. And yes, that allows for other opportunities for other players on the ice, uh, most notably Steven Stamkos, who we all know the, the play by now. Everybody does. And it's great. It works. It, it's successful. But at the same time, Tampa needs to shake things up. I, I would like 
to see a lot more involvement from the Lightning's power play personnel on both lines. You know, I'm not just talking from Kalorn and Hedman, because I, I, I think for the most part, Hedman, Point, Kutroff, and Stamkos, you know, if if you give them 10 chances in a game or, you know, out of 10 chances, I think those guys are going to go 50% at least scoring goals. Kalorn to me feels like more of a, you post them up at front, uh, let them create traffic, let them clean up the garbage uh, type role. And then you look at the second power play unit, Perry, Paul, Colton, Nemestikov, and Sergachev. Um, you know, really the main focus on that power play really should be around Colton and Nemestikov uh, and Paul. You know, you have three players on that team that are very versatile, on, on that squad that are very versatile, uh, can skate, can can possess the puck very well, can pass uh, at a high level to set up other players on the power play. Uh, Perry acts more as a just standing in front type role, but a little bit more finesse than, you know, what you see from Alex Korn. I would like, you know, honestly, and maybe this puts the second power play unit at a disadvantage if you were to make this move. I would really like to see Corey Perry on the first unit. I know that might be a little bit controversial, uh, or maybe it isn't. You know, I, I I think you know, especially on the first power play unit, if if you're really trying to drive home the fact, okay, let's go out there and score. We have the advantage. Let's put all the best scores together. Perry, make no mistake about it. Corey Perry is one of the best scorers on this team. You know, once you get past Point Kucherov and Stamkos, and you have Ross Colton, you have Nick Paul. Who, listen, he had a fantastic season. Well, fantastic second half with the Tampa Bay Lightning as well as the playoffs. But let's see that continue. I'm not discrediting what he did last season, but, you know, he really didn't play that long with Tampa. Uh, you know, I would like to see him carry over his performance from last season and and get a full 82-game season out of him of that level. But Corey Perry has shown us what he could do, even as he he's – closing on the end of his career. Uh, he's still effective. He's still smart. And yes, that, that kind of depletes that, that extra leader that we have on that second power play unit, but you got to change things around. John Cooper has got to figure something out with this power play. Cause I'm not saying one out of six is going to happen every night. I'm not saying that the lightning are going to get six opportunities a night. you know, on average, they'll get three to four. Okay. But when you're going, one for four, oh for three. And it's consistently, and you're scoring maybe two to three power play goals per week out of, okay, for out of every, every five games, if you're scoring two power play goals out of, let's say, eight or 10 opportunities, I'm sorry, that's an issue. That's an issue for me. You know, I'm not saying let's go 50% on the power play, but, you know, last season, Tampa had a uh, power play percentage of 23.9, which ranked them eighth in the league. And that's great. That's right below where the Colorado Avalanche, the team they lost to in the Stanley Cup champion, uh, Stanley Cup final, had was at 24. You know, yes, I said on other episodes that Tampa right now is not as good as opposed to those other Stanley Cup teams that we saw over the last couple of years, even last season. But I still think they have the personnel to be very effective on the power play. It's all about going out there, having the right mentality, staying disciplined. And we didn't see that. 
in in the season opener against the New York Rangers. So we'll continue to talk about that a little bit, as well as talk about you know what to expect from this Columbus Blue Jackets game on uh, tomorrow night. And then we got Pittsburgh Saturday. So, you know, it's going to be a busy two days over the next couple of days. Uh, We'll be recapping games, previewing games. So make sure to stay tuned for that. But first, I want to talk about this episode's sponsor. And that is BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting and NHL betting. This season, final latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles, analysis on every game you can find. It's also the fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So once again, I just want to thank everybody for making us your first listen. And of course, please go ahead and follow us on our social media pages. And if you're watching us on YouTube, look at the ticker below. LO underscore lightning on Twitter, as well as locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. Make sure to follow us on our YouTube channel as well. Hit a thumbs up on this video. Comment below, you know, what what can be done about the Tampa Power Play struggles? What can we do or what can John Cooper do or this team? Is it just about subtracting and adding players off certain units? Is it about switching things up? I wouldn't mind if you break up that big three at the same time. Like I said before, I am a firm believer in rolling out all your best players at once on one unit. Obviously, you know, you can't have them playing the entire power play. That's ridiculous. These guys will get tired, but something needs to change. And until then, like I said, this Tampa team is going to be 0 for 3, 1 for 4, 1 for 3. Two for six. Two for six is all right, you know? But that's it's not good if you're going 0 for 3, 0 for 4, 0 for 5, 1 for 6. You know, that's not good, especially in these tight games, especially with the guys you have. You know, like I said, this Tampa team is not as good if you stack them up against the other teams in recent years, but they're still very good if you look at this, the, the, the whole NHL. They're still a top five team. They're still a playoff team. They're still a team that is going to go, in my opinion, to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not entirely too sure about this year whether or not they could go beyond that. That remains to be seen if they can improve. And I believe that their special teams is going to be a huge, huge part. I would look, I would really hope that this Tampa team, you know, I would be completely fine. If the Lightning, especially with the amount of chances that they get, finish the year with the power play percentage of about, you know, maybe this is me being a little selfish. Maybe this is me reaching for the stars. But I would like to see Tampa at a 24.5 percentage, pushing 25. I think that's a good number. I think that's a realistic number. You know, I, I, I don't think that what I'm saying here, I don't think it is out of reach for this team. You know, ideally, would I like them to wrangle in a 27% power play that we saw from the St. Louis Blues and the Toronto Maple Leafs last year? Absolutely. That would be great. I'd be jumping for joy. I think if Tampa does that, they win the Atlantic Division. 
possibly make a play for the Eastern Conference top top spot. President's Trophy, not so much. Don't want any part of that. We all know what happens with President Trophy winners. Sorry, Florida. But it's it's very important that Tampa, Tampa goes out there and they go out there and they play effective hockey. And it's going to be very important on Friday night when they lace up their skates and they skate out onto the ice against the Columbus Blue Jackets, who, in my opinion, I think is going to be, you know, I just got done recording right before this with uh, Chris Masilli of Locked On NHL are doing our Thursday ranking spot. And I spoke about how I think Columbus is a team that is, they're going to be an interesting study throughout the case course of the season. Uh, you know, you, you have, are they going to make a lot of noise in the Metro? That remains to be seen. Do they have the team that they could possibly do that? I think so. They got Patrick Laine. You got Johnny Gurdow. You have players around those guys who are going to be able to execute, who should be able to execute. And if those guys can, uh, boy, watch out, especially with Elvis Merziklas in net. Uh, and, and we all know what happened a couple of years ago. I, I, I feel like we always have to talk about this because every Lightning fan, no matter if you are over it or if you're not, if, if two Stanley Cup trophies are enough to forget about it, but everybody remembers 2019 after winning the President's Trophy, getting swept in the first round of Columbus. And the one thing with Columbus the last couple of years, and even, even that year, and that was a testament to why they won that series, and other than the fact the Lightning did not execute or show any sort of discipline, is that this Columbus team, regardless of who the coach is, is set up in such a way to where they view themselves. I don't know if anyone has really ever come out and, and vocalized this, but they're a team that is set up where they're not going to win. You know, They're, they're not going to score 100 points in a season. If they make the playoffs, it's going to be through a wild card spot. They're they're the kind of team that goes out and says, "Let's go out there and show these guys." You know, we may not be talented as them, but we're going to play with grit. We're going to play them hard. We're going to play a two hundred foot game, and we're going to make them earn beating us, earn that W. And Tampa historically over the last couple of years, not just against Columbus, but as a whole against these teams who aren't necessarily the cream of the crop of the Eastern conference, especially, or, or even in the Western conference, but teams that are kind of fringe teams between being bad and mediocre. And they have had a tough go of it, Tampa against these teams, you know, the Detroit Red Wings, a team that very much comes to mind when I think of this kind of situation. And the reason why Tampa loses these games is because they don't come out and start the right way. And if you've been a listener of this show for quite some time, you know that this is a constant topic that I discussed throughout the course of the NHL season. And 
deservingly so I give it a lot of attention because it's something that Tampa has not corrected. Something that the, I almost feel like they're stub- too stubborn to, to address. And I'm not saying this is due to bad leadership or bad <clears throat> bad uh, coaching. No, that's not it. I mean, listen, if they're winning games, they're scoring points, they're making the playoffs, and then we've seen them turn it on in the playoffs, tile it up to 11, that's fine. But the reason why they lose games, I mean, other than, you know, the, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals way too, too much, you know. You know, t- one could make the case that Tampa did not have a, very much left in the tank and then just the Avalanche were just a perfectly built team and they were just completely better, case in point. But there was a lot of times and a lot where in instances where Tampa did not get off to a good start, where they lot they they allowed the game to get away from them. And I'm I'm completely fine with looking the other way in these situations if they're playing very good teams such as Colorado. If they're playing good teams, even like Pittsburgh, who they will be facing off against in Pittsburgh on Saturday night, that to me is a game which I don't know how to feel about just yet because we need to see what happens on Friday night against Columbus. But they, I, it's the games in which Tampa almost looks outclassed that frustrate me the most when they lose or, or it's way too close of a game. And I'm not entirely sure how I'm supposed to feel about this game thus far. You know, you know, what kind of team I I think I'll probably feel different about this game in about a month. If Tampa ends up losing tomorrow night, which I don't think they should. I I fully expect Vasilevsky to go out there and play. I would be shocked if if Cooper says, you know what, we're going to give you some, we're going to save you for for Pittsburgh. I really think he's going to play Vazzy in both games. I wouldn't be, I don't know why he wouldn't, but I think Tampa needs to go out there. They, they, they need to do something different. And I spoke about that in the last episode in, in the recap of the Ranger game. I think they need to go out there and they need to set up. They need to set up their plays. They need to go out there and have well-thought-out sequences, which I don't think they did. They don't think they did. I, I feel like half the time they're just making it up. And, and yes, there's there's you want to have that fine line between creativity and organizational hockey. You don't want to be too rigid in your ways. But against a team that is, for the most part, very disciplined and plays with a lot of grit as Columbus, Tampa 100% needs to have that. They 100% need to have that. They need to go out there. They need to put good shots on net. And they need to, they need to make Elvis Merziklas work for it. Or we might see a, a, a similar outcome. Now, Patrick Laine will not be in the lineup tomorrow night. He is out for three to four weeks with a sprained sprain elbow. So it's just Johnny Gurdow and company tomorrow night. So that is a little bit of a, I guess, a reprieve for Tampa. Uh, I, I fully expect them to win this game. I would say four to two. I think you're kind of going down a little bit of a weight class, lower of a weight class, going from New York to Columbus. I think, you know, obviously not the same quality of team. I still think the goaltender situation, I'm not saying Merziklas is top five, um, but 
he's one of those he's goalie he's one of those goalies I firmly believe that you know when he's on he's he's one of the best and so that's why Tampa needs to get to him relatively early not allow him to settle in you know dominate the puck possession in neutral zone don't allow Columbus to get anything started and you just do the little things right execute on the power play I would like to see one power play goal Probably are are only going to get three chances tomorrow night. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say a four two win on the road. Lightning get their first win of the season, and hopefully they could carry that momentum into Pittsburgh Saturday night. So wrapping things up, yes, uh, let us know in the comments below. I have picked the Lightning to win four two on the road for their first win of the season of the 2022-23 season out in Columbus. Uh, like I said, Columbus will be without Patrick Laine. Uh, got hurt last night uh, in their 4-1 loss against the Hurricanes. Um, so, you know, a little bit of a reprieve. Interested to finally see Johnny Gordeau f- for the first time in a Columbus Blue Jackets jersey. Curious to see how he gels with his teammates, what kind of player he is going to be with this new club. Are we going to see Johnny Grudeau as the high-scoring forward that we saw in Calgary, or is he maybe going to take a step back or a step forward? Not too worried about that. I'm sure John Cooper has something specially planned for him. Uh, I would expect the Lightning are going to be very physical, Tomorrow night, I would love to see a very physical game from them. I would like to see maybe some a little bit more ice time out of that fourth line. And this one, uh, allow the Lightning to set the tone physically with that fourth line. Probably going to start the third line out there, the Colton line. Um, and yeah, I would like to see some of the guys get going. I would like to see a couple. I would like to see the four goals from a different each different player. Uh, one of those players, hopefully, is Victor Hedman. I would like to get him involved very early on. A lot of shots from the point. I would say I would like at least every defender on this team tomorrow night to at least get two to three shots on net. Give Columbus something to think about. I think that's just, you know, diversify your attack. You know, you didn't really see a lot of that against the Rangers on Tuesday night. Victor Hedman did have the most shots, as one would expect out of all the defensive co- defensive guys. He had three. But I think we're going to see a little bit more from Sergachev. He just needs to take care of the puck. This is nothing new with him. I think that he is going to have a better year this year. Um, but he needs to play with a little bit more confidence. We saw a little bit lapses in judgment the last game. Uh, and, and hopefully we don't see more of the same, uh, from the 2022, 23, I mean, the 21-22 playoffs from Sergeyev. I would like to see him get a goal, uh, in this one, uh, get him more involved in the offensive tack as well. And so, yeah, uh, we'd like to see what, you know, Philip Myers and Hayden Fleury, more of them, what they could do together on the ice, uh, maybe see some, see some physicality from them, a little bit more of that. Uh, and I think the Lightning, you know, as long as they don't allow Columbus to populate the, the low slot, the the space in front of Vasilevsky, I think they'll be fine. I think it should be 
uh, I wouldn't say a relatively easily easy game. I'm sure there's going to be some pushback, obviously, from this Columbus team. But like I said, this is the kind of team where Tampa has struggled against in the last couple of years. What win or lose, um, you know, hopefully this game doesn't go into regulation, uh, go into overtime. But yeah, it will be back tomorrow. Uh, recapping the game and as well as previewing Saturday's game. Uh, so stay tuned for that after the game uh, podcast. An episode should be dropping, I would say, an hour after the the final puck, uh, after the final buzzer. So keep an eye out for that. Once again, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast on the audio platforms everywhere we are free as well as on our YouTube channel. And we'll be back tomorrow night. So that's been it for this episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Banker. I'll talk to you in the next one.